The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, Telesouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of Telesouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable, certified financial planners, certified financial planner time two. Yeah. Cooley and Labus, Bubba and Greg here with you. And uh, we thank you for hanging in there with us and being with us at the Advisors Roundtable. You know, Bubba, we, we're supposed to be doing this financial advice um, uh, radio podcast thing and, um, you know, been, been doing it a number of years. And it's on the mandate that we're giving you professional advice for your life. Um, but, you know, there's no advice to give related to your finances if you don't have any finances. <laughs> I think that, uh, so I'm, I'm glad you said that. <clears throat> I can't tell you how many times people come up to me at the grocery store or wherever and they'll say, you know, I need, I need to come see you when I get some money. <laughs> right, right, right. To which my, my pat answer is always, well, you need to come see me so you'll have some money. So you'll, so yeah. you'll get there. Right. Right. Like right. it's just going to miraculously happen that they're just going to, you know, have yeah. money fall out of the sky at them. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes that does happen with yeah. inheritances, yeah. you know, yeah. life events, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Lottery, but usually whatever. people get it the old fashioned way. Which is? They save it. Yeah. Yeah. And they save it from most of the time a job. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about the majority of the people in this part of the country. We have some trust fund fortunates. Right. Right, mm-hmm. and, and and we got some people who uh, are retired, and you know they got the social security and the dividends mm-hmm. and the house rents and 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 the timber and stuff. But the majority of the people, their money comes from a job. That's right. Um, and you know if you're putting forth that effort and you're putting forth all of that expense, you know, clothes, mm-hmm. and automobile, and driving time, and wear and tear, and gasoline, and tires, and, uh, you know, maybe expertise, and, uh, ex- and having to go back to school, mm-hmm. whatever, job's a big deal. Yeah. So the other day, we got the November jobs report. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some people, you know, they don't nerd out on this, and they don't, they're not really interested in what all this kinds of stuff says. But, um, and we came out of a pandemic, right? Bad time. Mm-hmm. Stock market went down 20%. Yeah. And then after that, we had, you know, kind of a breather there and then mm-hmm. stock market went down another 20% and seems like there are bad times out there. However, we've had a lot of jobs. Mm-hmm. How, how can that be possible? Aren't they talking about a recession? Yeah, they are talking about a recession. So it's amazing how, how they keep pushing the uh, time frame for when the recession's going to start <laughs> out further and further, right? Yeah. At, at, about a year ago, uh, this time we weren't even talking about recession, right? Twenty twenty two came around, mm-hmm. and it was like the beginning of uh, of January is when this this recent correction in the stock market started trending downward, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
when did we actually hit the the bottom, so to speak, in in the most recent? Probably September, somewhere around in there. September, yeah, somewhere right, in that time right, frame. Right. Um, but even so, I mean, people uh, middle of the year said, "Oh, well, you know, recessions are on the horizon. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's going to be here at the end of this year." Mm-hmm. And you know, most of the prognosticators I think out there and economists that I read are saying uh, maybe the middle of 2023, maybe even the beginning of 2024. If it gets here at all. If it gets here at all. And in the meantime, we're adding jobs. Mm -hmm. Now, let's just practically think about this. Forget about economics class. Let's just, just go to, you know, let's be practical here. All right? Logic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay? If you're an employer... Daddy Warbucks over there, let's say he owned a bunch of uh, radio stations, our executive producer, Mm -hmm. Phil Womack, right? Let's say he owns a bunch of radio stations. What would be the occasion that he would hire some more people? I mean, why would he hire more people to work in his, any business? Why do do they hire more? Why do you, why do you, why do you hire more at Cooling Labus? We hire more so that we can service our customers better. Mm Mm-hmm. And make more money. Mm-hmm. And do you hire it when th- times are bad and you don't have any customer? Or do you hire when things seem to have picked up and you have a demand and you seem that you have more service issues? What's, what's happening? Why do these people seem to add all these jobs? Yeah, and, and why at certain times, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there could be times when your business is doing well mm-hmm. and you hire more so that you can, uh, I guess, build on that mm-hmm. uh, prosperity. Mm-hmm. There are other times when businesses aren't doing so well. Mm-hmm. You know, in this case, ad revenues are down. Mm-hmm. Maybe you hire somebody else so that you can get ad revenues back up. Yeah. And boy, I tell you what, if you're a business owner mm-hmm. and you've got the guts to do that when things are down. Right. And to take the chance and to burden yourself with Mm -hmm. the risk, here's another Mm -hmm. employee. Here's another somebody on the payroll. Here's another expense. Here are all these other benefits. And we're going to do that because we're kind of going to push the envelope right Right. now. Mm -hmm. God bless the entrepreneur. Yeah. Right? Here's the other thing that just immediately jumped into my mind about uh, Phil, in this case, hiring more individuals to work. Mm Mm-hmm. How many people have retired or left? Mm. So maybe you're just trying to maintain uh, mm. a certain level, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe. And we're going to talk about, you know, where these employees come from mm-hmm. and uh, the prospects for employers being able mm-hmm. to, to handle adding all these new jobs and wonder what that means for wages. Right. Hmm. So the number that came out last month, the November jobs report, 2022, that came out, said we added 263,000 jobs. Right. That's a lot of people going to work. Now, in November, they added them. Mm -hmm. Maybe because of the holiday season. Very well could have been. Now, if it were how many extra so how many yeah. extra people are just hired to deliver packages? Yeah, that's a good question. During the holiday season, yeah, the UPSs and the FedExes yeah. and mm-hmm. and U.S. Postal Services of the world, yeah, uh, it probably I, I hired a bunch of those. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if some of those are seasonal workers. Yeah. But it's probably an opportunity to get your toe in the door mm-hmm. if you know you're looking 
for a job. So we're going to really dissect this jobs report and see what that really means to us practically in this part of the world. From the Advisors, welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you right here on Super Talk Radio. And um, we're talking about this latest jobs report and what it really means practically. So uh, let's go through it a, a little bit here. First of all, um, two, uh, 263,000 jobs. That's a lot of jobs. It is. All right. So that's pretty robust when you, when you think about what's happened we came through covid and the economy came back faster mm-hmm. than a lot of us thought it would right now you think a lot of us were de- uh, depressed about the economy and covid and what was happening in the world and our fellow man's health and uh, business opportunity uh, you know i think a lot of tough. people had cabin fever Ooh. during that time frame yeah so you were locked up. You couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And then finally, you know, the cuffs were taken off. Mm-hmm. So a number of people were out uh, buying things. They were traveling, you know, doing a number of things, which helped the overall economy, mm-hmm. no doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, people getting back to work mm-hmm. uh, helped the economy overall. Right. So it was a much faster recovery than I think what most people anticipated. So let's let's just think about one industry, mm-hmm. hotels. Yep. Probably during COVID, it was a tough time. It was. You know, you're not traveling as much. Mm-hmm. Business people realized a thing called Zoom mm-hmm. and Teams and, you know, an opportunity to stay home. Yeah. At least keep the lower part of your PJs on. Sure. Right? Yeah. And uh, so uh, a lot of business expenses uh, went down. Mm-hmm. Business expenditures were recalculated, and I bet the hospitality industry took it in the shorts. Right. And then things start again. Mm -hmm. So for a period of time there, let's think about your local hotel. They may have been able to get down to a skeleton crew. Right. And then all of a sudden, more people want to stay there. That means we got to clean more rooms. we got more people at the front Mm -hmm. that need to check you in, more maintenance issues, Mm -hmm. More jobs. Right. That's just one industry, mm-hmm. uh, which means that if you were looking for a job, you probably had multiple things to choose from. You could go to work at the hotel. You go work at the restaurants. You could go, go to work maybe over at the manufacturing facility. Mm-hmm. that's trying to get caught up because of supply chain issues that uh, we, we saw happening when we shut down certain economies around the world and we couldn't get chips and we couldn't get, get screws and whatever. And so it's kind of a crazy time for a historian. Right. Especially if you're a historical economist. Which probably quickly became a hysterical economist. Right, right. So, uh, two or three things that, that were working at that time was not only were the jobs uh, starting to heat up, but what happened to wages? Wages increased as well. Yeah, they did. Um, quite actually, we're going to talk about the numbers related to wage increases, but I, I also want to say that the number of people who were unemployed went down. Mm hmm. Um, you know what the historical low for unemployment is over the last 50 years? Last half c- century, what the lowest uh, number that unemployment has been? It's 3.5%. I, I was going to say three to three and a half. All right. You know what it is right now? 37 mm-hmm. 
So we're close to historical right. lows for unemployment. In other words, if you're looking for a job, mm-hmm. there's probably a job out there. And that may, you know, mm-hmm. may not be the perfect job, but right. what do you always tell somebody about looking for a job? It's easier to find a job if you already have a job. Yeah. So go ahead and take a job. Take a job. Yeah. If it's Get- delivering pizzas, if it's, you know, doing whatever. The DoorDash thing sounds yeah. attractive sometimes, it does. doesn't it? Yeah. You know, you just sign up and they send you a direction. You go pick something up and deliver it over there and you get a little money, you know, in, in your online yeah. account. And you know, mm-hmm. sometimes you don't even have to see anybody to get a job. Uh, that, that's pretty cool there. So we had these jobs that were added and, and, and things are, are different than, the, than they were, um, meaning that employers are probably having to pay more. They are. Because those, those wages have gone mm-hmm. up. So what did the Fed decide they needed to do? We're going to have this inflation. You're going to have all these people with these extra jobs out mm-hmm. there. Things are going up in price. We still haven't caught up when it comes to supply chain mm-hmm. issues. So there may be a reduction in supply of things, which means those things are going to cost more. That's right. Uh, and so what have they done? Raised interest rates. They've done it quite a lot. Yeah. I was just looking here that, you know, um, the Fed's inflation challenge began when the economy started to roar back, um, and that's almost two years ago. Right. Do you realize that? It's hard to believe, but yeah. The pandemic was almost two years ago, which means that, you know, there were these vast shortages of goods and and spending and prices rose and all that sort of stuff. So they started uh, with their benchmark rate and start going up. They've done it six times. Mm -hmm. Okay, they've gone up three quarters of a percent, and actually, most economists think that maybe next month they're going to do another half percent. Right. So they have gone up, and and what what does increasing interest rates do related to inflation and related to the related to the economy? Why 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 would that be their strategy? So the the way I would describe that is it kind of puts the brakes on the economy. Interest rates. Do. Interest rates do. All right. So as as uh, businesses and overnight rates and that sort of thing go up, mm-hmm. they're less likely to uh, to borrow money, or the cost of borrowing is is higher. All right. So the cost of borrowing to everybody, individuals, to everybody. businesses, yep. mm-hmm. and that's the thought, right? Right. And if you make the cost of borrowing higher, people mm-hmm. borrow less. Hmm. You would think. You would think. And you would think that the economy would slow down mm-hmm. because when Daddy Warbucks over there feels good about the economy and he's all cocky and everything from his position of being Mr. Warbucks, he may go buy the Rolls Royce mm-hmm. and pay 4% for the car note. Sure. If you go up to 7%, mm-hmm. maybe he thinks twice. Right. Hmm? Mm-hmm. which means they don't sell as many Rolls Royces, which means you don't have to have as many people working in the manufacturing and of the right. Rolls Royce company, mm-hmm. which means that you kind of cool, cool yeah. things down, not as many jobs being added, and not as much inflationary pressure on prices, right? Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily worked. Not yet. Why? What What's going on in the, in the mind of the... Of the the consumer in the mind of the business that uh, that allows them to um, continue to spend. Well, uh, so I think a couple of things have happened there. Uh, mm-hmm. Number one, uh, during the times of, of COVID and over the last couple of years, investment returns have been pretty good mm-hmm. and savings rates have been pretty high. 
Okay. So the consumer has had, uh, I guess, savings that they've been working off of, mm. right? So they continue to spend. You know what? You're exactly right. When I looked it up this morning, you know how much more went into U.S. bank, big financial okay. institutions, um, how much more went into savings and, and checking accounts over the 12-month period of COVID? How much more is in, was in there when we came out of uh, of it? I, I, I don't we, know the, the, the number, but I'm sure it was substantial. Almost $1.5 trillion. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so as you're you're telling me that one yeah. and a half trillion dollars is pent up demand. It is. Very few people are just going to sit on all that. That's right. What are they going to do with it? They're going to spend it. Mm-hmm. Or they're going to uh, reinvest in their business. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a number of different things you could do with that cash. Yeah. Yeah, and and let's mm-hmm. think about really practically what people are doing with with that cash. Um, they are traveling. Yeah. They are improving their homes. I mean, you sit around for a while and you're saving money and you're not going anywhere and you feel like you're almost in a prison in your own home because of what COVID did. And you you get to noticing, you know, uh, the soffits and eaves here are starting mm-hmm. to rot a little bit. Uh, darling, why don't we replace those? Right. As soon as we can get out and we can get to the building supply, mm-hmm. why, why don't we do that? And we get a painter that comes. Yeah. And, and so people really started to think about And boom, that, that money started to hit the economy. Sure. Uh, also, restaurants and bars. Mm-hmm. You know, out of this 263,000 jobs that were added last month, 62,000 of them were just in restaurants and bars. Okay. Healthcare also added almost 50,000 people. All right. Now, why would we need more people in healthcare after COVID as opposed to during COVID? Well, look at look at the nationwide increase in flu right now. Mhm. Once Daddy Warbucks got back out there, mm-hmm. he, he just wasn't concerned yep. about flu yep. or, or COVID. But now there are other things and maladies that can affect him, right? Right. And Dur- actually, During COVID, flu mm-hmm. was non-existent. <laughs> uh, it was. Yeah. Uh, there was, in essence, no flu during the time of COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that people are out and about and doing things, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I mm-hmm. looked at a chart or a graph the other day of the United States, and I think there were two or three states that didn't have um, a, an excess of flu um, hospitalizations. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Mm-hmm. And so the hospitals are fuller, yep. which means they need more CNAs and orderlies and RNs yep. and doctors and nurse practitioners and administration right. and right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all that makes sense. Now, as we have been talking to through this so far, if you were listening to Cooley and Labus do this show today, and you're looking for a job, where are two or three places you're going to target? Restaurants, healthcare. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think probably anything in the service industry yeah. right now. Yes, uh, plumbers, electricians, mm-hmm. uh, carpenters, mm-hmm. uh, yep. painters. Yep. yep, you name it. Yep, we're going to get, uh, after this break, mm-hmm. we're going to come back and we're going to uh, talk about the construction industry here from the Advisors Roundtable and some takeaways on the November Jobs Report, Super Talk Radio. 
Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners, Cooley and Labus with you here. And we're talking about a jobs report. We're talking about some of these industries that if you're looking for a job, you can possibly um, uh, consider. Obviously, uh, restaurants, bars, service industry, that sort of thing. Construction um, also in October added 20,000 jobs. Now, as an indication that some of these activities that the Fed's involved in related to interest rates is maybe starting to put a squeeze on the housing and the construction market uh, this last month. Um, there's actually a reduction in construction workers by 2,600. So uh, that may be an early indicator that some of the increases in interest rates are starting to, to filter through and, and affect people's uh, decisions. Now, another thing that we pointed a minute out a minute ago uh, related to this jobs report is the increase in wages. Um, historically, employers usually give somewhere between a two and a five percent raise. Mm-hmm. Um, this last year, it's between five and ten percent. And one of the reasons they've had uh, they've done that is um, is this uh, this dynamic that's happened in our society related to workers. Mm-hmm. Coming out of COVID, the shortfall of, of, of available workers was caused by a bunch of things. Right now, let's. Look back two or three years. Mm-hmm. Um, early retirements, yep. people started getting sick around you. Mm-hmm. And if you were close to being able to retire or your employer said, you know what? Oh, Phil's been with us about 33 years and we're paying him a heck of a lot of money because we've mm-hmm. been giving him those 2 to 5% raises right. for 30 years. He's... I, I can hire somebody out of college. Yeah. They, they uh, you know, employers talk themselves into this sometimes. Sometimes they don't get as good of a worker as yeah. they get rid of. But you know, it it it's an economic numbers on a page temptation, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so they say, hey, you know, uh, Phil, um, how about we offer you a package? Yeah. And many people out there, they're driving down the road and they're shaking their head. They're like, you know, you know, my granddaddy got offered a package by his employer. Now, when we say he was offered a package, what are we talking about? Probably, basically, a buyout of their pension mm. or an early early retirement package. Mm. Hey, Phil, if you'll go ahead and retire, we'll pay you this amount of money to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, because um, what can they do? They can go buy uh, or hire a couple more fills mm-hmm. that are age twenty four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to train them up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but probably do it for maybe around the same price yeah. that you were paying Phil. And so, a lot of employers tried that. Yep, this early retirement. A lot of employees mm-hmm. tried that. Here's what's happened. I just told you we added two hundred sixty three thousand. Yep. Workers, mm-hmm. you think we got two hundred sixty-three thousand new people in America last year or, or last month? Mm-hmm. That necessarily, what well, some of those people wanted to go back to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Phil may have been at home for a year or two, and he, he said, "Well, I don't know, he man. Said, There's only so much gun smoke I can watch." <laughs> yeah, I, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he may call him back up and say, "You know what? How's that new kid working out?" Yeah. Oh, really? He doesn't want to work weekends. Mm-hmm. How much will you pay me to work Saturdays and Sundays right. or cover ball games or sure. what? Right. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, uh, we do have some kind of semi-available mm-hmm. workers because of that dynamic. Another reason that we have seen wages increase is because we've had this shortfall of workers that's cr- caused by a reduction in immigration. 
Some of our laws have changed. Yeah. You know, we've done the, the southern border yeah. thing, talk about a, a wall and uh, that sort of thing. That's really right. made a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, positively or negatively, the numbers don't lie. Uh, COVID-19 deaths mm-hmm. is another reason that we've had this shortage. Right. And um, there's been an issue with child care in America, mm-hmm. affordable child care. And there have been a lot of moms and dads have said, you know what? Mm-hmm. Um when I put the pencil to it, I'm making an extra three hundred dollars a week working, right. but it's costing me two hundred and forty for the two right. or three kids mm-hmm. to be kept for a net I, difference of sixty bucks a week. Maybe I can I'll stay, stay home, home, you know, or do like a, a side gig, mm-hmm. like you know the Grubhub delivery mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, all of that has factored into mm-hmm. the fact that uh, we've, we've had a shortfall yeah. of workers. Mm-hmm. So where have these new workers come from? Some of them have come back into right. the, the, the job market, as I said. Uh, some of them are recent graduates from high school and college. Here's another interesting dynamic. There are a number of people who were in high school or college, mostly in college here, that have kind of put their degree on hold because the wages offered them have been so attractive. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, you say, Hey, here I am. I'm a junior in college. I got about three more semesters left before I get that bachelor's degree. But man, you know, the dude that my mom works for Mm -hmm. offered me Mm $50,000 to go to, and I can go, you know, I can finish those other three semesters Mm -hmm. over the next two or three years, mostly online. Sign me up. A a data point that I read yesterday, so along with these 263,000 new payroll jobs, Mm -hmm. right, that have come on, Mm -hmm. is that in the private sector, the hours worked in the private. So, so you, you think about it this way, right? Okay. There were 263,000 new jobs that were created. Right. But of the existing millions and millions of jobs out there in the private sector, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There was a 0.2% reduction in the number of hours worked okay. over this time period. Okay. Right? All right. What does that equate to? Yeah. It equates to about 250,000 jobs. Oh, when you look at it from that perspective, right? Okay. So, yeah, you added 263,000 new jobs, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but the equivalent work that's actually being performed was like a reduction of 250,000 jobs. Mm -hmm. So, net-net, you've Mm -hmm. got, you know, what, a Mm 13,000 job increase over that that same time period. Okay. So, you're saying that a lot of people are saying, not only do I want to raise... Yeah, I want to work less. I don't want to work as much. Right. Hmm. So is that an opportunity? I think it is an opportunity for those that want to get out and work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those that are either deciding in the midst of their degree pursuit, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to put this on hold and do it online and jump in mm-hmm. and maybe fill some of this gap for those people that don't want to work as much. Now, why would you not want to work as much? Don't you want to have as much money as you possibly can, Bubba? Well, most people would. Right. Some of them have other things that they desire to have. Oh, really? Time at, at home with family. Mm-hmm. You know, the ability to go fishing when they want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, uh, whatever it may be. Right. Right. Do you think that uh, kind of rubs against what a, a lot of people in previous generations were taught? 
100%. Because those people who are brought up Mm -hmm. somewhere between the, the, say, the 50 years of the the, the 40s to the 90s, what have they been taught? It doesn't matter if you're bleeding out of your ears. You better be at work, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you want as many hours as you can get uh-huh. and give me overtime because right. I want the time and a half or the double time for the weekends mm-hmm. or whatever. Or, you know, if I'm a salesperson, yep. give me every opportunity to make a mm-hmm. sale to get a commission. And now you're telling me people are reconsidering that. Right. Is that a bad thing? Uh, I don't know that it's good or bad. Okay. So I, I, so I can see the, the need for individuals to have time off, to spend time with family, to do the things that are fulfilling to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, it, there's a balance, right? Yeah. I think there's definitely a balance that needs to be a, a, achieved there. Okay. Have we skewed too far one way versus the other? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Is that kind of what we do as a society? It seems like we're on a pendulum, especially in <laughs> politics, right? Yeah. We'll swing real far one way and then swing real far the other way. Yeah. 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 Nobody will just leave that thing alone and let it just kind of settle out and be kind of middle of the road. Yeah. Yeah. And and we, we do that with our money. Mm-hmm. We, we, we do that with uh, a lot of our lives, yeah. you know, uh, how we eat, how we exercise, mm-hmm. how much we sleep. You know, uh, we we just seem to be looking right. for the middle, mm-hmm. but we go from one extreme to the other usually. Correct. And so what has happened um, in this dynamic is that there's been a cultural change. Is that mm-hmm. what you're telling me? I am, yeah. All right. And so kind of anticipatory mm-hmm. for the future, what do I need to be thinking here if I'm an employer? Well, you need to be thinking about how you can, uh, and I, I, this is going to sound bad to say it this way, mm-hmm. how can you extract the, um, the most amount of value out of your employees? Okay. Right? So if that means giving them more flexible working conditions mm-hmm. where they can work from home, mm-hmm. uh, giving them uh, more flex time so that they can uh, you know, come in and work from 5 p.m. to 11 p.m. at night. Okay. Those may be some options. All right. So I think more flexibility are some things that, that employers need to consider. Okay. However, there are some industries where you just can't do that. Mm. You know, uh, you know, banking, for instance. Right. Uh, banks are open from a certain time. Mm. Unless you mm. want to start opening up later, and most of the individuals don't want to do that just yet. Right. And, you know, there was this kind of... Uh, 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 um, attitude a few years mm-hmm. ago that banks were going to be open on Saturdays right. and some on Sundays mm-hmm. and that, and a lot of demand wasn't there. Right. You know, they tried it. Yeah. God bless them. Mm-hmm. But you know, very few banks are open on the weekend. Well, and, and, uh, just picking on the banking industry, right? Mm-hmm. Why do you need a bank to be open on a Saturday? Yeah. If you've got ATMs, if you've mm-hmm. got credit cards, mm-hmm. debit cards, that sort mm-hmm. of thing, so you've got mm-hmm. access to your capital. Yep. Right? And you got the technology to be able to take a picture and make a deposit. If somebody take, gives you an exactly. old fashioned check. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So, you know. So a lot of that has been ab- ad- ad- adaptations that the banking mm-hmm. industry have made mm-hmm. to, uh, I guess, circumvent the need for their employees to be in on a Saturday. And probably has been bottom mm-hmm. line, uh, you know, yep. uh, really advantageous there. 
uh, because of the use of the technology. We're going to continue this discussion here from the Advisors Roundtable in the next segment on Supertalk. All right, looking at this jobs report here from the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners Cooley and Labus, we're uh, now ready to, after we've uh, delved into it a little bit and uh, did a little deep deeper dive and talked about some of the nuances, we're, we're now ready to talk about what's some practical advice for your life. First of all, if you're out there and you're looking for a job, you don't have a job or you don't like the one you have, is this encouraging? I, I think it is encouraging. Okay. Because... Uh, unemployed, unemployment is still relatively low. Mm-hmm. You know, even going from 3.5 to 3.7%, that's still mm-hmm. a historically low unemployment number. Right. Um, I think that the increase uh, in payrolls of 263,000 is a positive number. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though there are some other data points behind that, you could, you could, right. I mean, you could, you could skew oh, this thing yeah, negatively yeah. or positively, yeah, you can. any way you want to, you right? Can. Yeah, they're going to have to keep yeah. increasing interest rates, right. and you know, the next car I buy will be at 10. Yeah. percent I heard somebody say yeah. that the other day. Um, uh, so, you know, a lot of times I think people, uh, get confused when they think about the economy versus the stock market. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So the economy is going to do what it does okay. and the stock market is going to do what it does. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're in sync with one another mm-hmm. and other times they are not. Right. I would say, generally speaking, that the stock market is kind of a leading indicator of what the overall economy is doing. Right. In, in a big, big picture, right? It's like play, placing bets before the game is played. That's right. Right? Uh-huh. Right? So if the stock market is down, per mm-hmm. se, mm-hmm. it means that you might have trouble on the horizon. Right. Okay? Right. If the stock market is up, it means mm-hmm. that um, either you are have come through that trouble, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I would say that the, the stock market, while sometimes leads uh, what the economy is going to do, mm-hmm. it's not always necessarily true. Right. And it's hard to predict. Right. And I've heard it been said this way, uh, the economy is hard, the stock market is even harder. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's, that's right. Right. So uh, looking at um, at percentage gains and percentage returns of the stock market during recession times, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and you can go out there and pull these <clears throat> charts, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I think the average rate of return on the stock market after any given recession over the last mm-hmm. hundred years mm-hmm. or so mm-hmm has been somewhere around the 250% range. It's, it's been amazing. It has been. Yeah. Uh, the economy's resilient. Yep. The stock market is pretty anticipatory. Mm-hmm. People are looking for profits, yep. mm-hmm. and they're willing to place their bets related to that. That's right. So it is, uh, and, and I'm not trying to be just so gung-ho and bullish mm-hmm. about the overall economy. Mm-hmm. I do think that a recession could be on the horizon. Right. You know? Right. I think that there are a, a few more difficult times mm-hmm. ahead. But as that relates to the stock market, is it all over with? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. And for how long? And for how long? And when we say all over with, what's that two quarters usually? Exactly. You know, it's not like yeah. all over with for the mm-hmm. rest of my life. Right. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yep. and that the S&P 500, which is the strongest, biggest mm-hmm. s- set of stocks in the world, and I just pick on that one, uh, every one of those yep. companies is going to go out, uh, you know, when we say all over with, that's usually hyperbole, right? Exactly. Right? Exactly. Um, and so because of that, we, we're usually thinking long run. Right. And it's not just related to long-run perceptions for the stock market, yeah. but also long-run for the rest of me, yeah. for as long as I'm alive, for, for my career. I think this is fairly positive. Now, there are some negative caveats I want to mm-hmm. throw out there. Um, the strong dollar, high, high, how high interest mm-hmm. rates are, how high uh, we have to pay for wages. Is still uh, not as many mm-hmm. workers out there as as most employers would want to be able to choose from. So the pool right. is restricted. Uh, there are a number of things there that you know we probably mm-hmm. still need to have on the horizon. But you know what? It's good to have some things to worry about. I think so. You know why? Because it's a tamper. Yep. It kind of keeps us from mm-hmm. going too far that other way. Yeah. You said with like a pendulum? Like a pendulum, yeah. If there are no worries and, and not a care in the world, yeah. how no. much extra risk do you take? Oh. So that, I think oh. that's the more practical aspect of this, right? Good point. As it relates to the individuals out there when it comes mm-hmm. to investments or jobs or whatever, mm-hmm. if, if everything seems to be working and going the right way, yeah. then, then people take on more risk. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And it, it gets you back to focus on what is your true risk tolerance? Mm-hmm. Are you well diversified? Do you own good quality investments? Yes. That sort of thing. Yes. Uh, which I think are more important for the long term and success. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we're talking about some practical things we can get out of this and all these economic numbers. Number one mm-hmm. is if you're looking for a job or you think you need a job, it may not be the mm-hmm. perfect job, but there's probably at least one out there. Right. Uh, I was looking at some of these, and it said that uh, based on breaking apart all of the nuances of the number, it basically said that there were two jobs available for everybody who's looking. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yep. So if you're looking for a job, there are probably a couple jobs available out. As I said, it Mm -hmm. may not be the perfect job in the beginning. Now, is that something we need to warn people about? You probably are not going to get the perfect job. No. The first job. Mm-hmm. I had this conversation with my children, you know, coming out of college. You know, you pr- probably need to take the one that, you know, you can get on your own mm-hmm. two feet and pay your, your light bill and, mm-hmm. and learn how to deal with people and learn about keeping your own checkbook and paying your own utilities and that sort of thing. It may mm-hmm. not be the perfect one straight out of the gate. But who said it would be? Right. But if you've got a few to choose from... Mm-hmm. And probably decent wages. Yeah. Count that as, as marvelous. Sure. And so there, there's that. The, the next thing is uh, we still need to be measured here when it comes to how extremely exuberant we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks pretty good and it looks pretty positive, but, you know, don't go crazy mm-hmm. buying penny stocks. That's right. Huh? Yeah. As, would you say something about continue to, to be judicious and diversified? Be judicious, diversify, continue to save, mm-hmm. continue to put money in. Mm-hmm. And, and again, look at your time horizon, mm-hmm. right? 
had an individual in the office this morning uh, asking about uh, putting investments to work, and, and the first comment was, mm-hmm. look at what the stock market has done over the last year. We're not ready to do anything yet. Mm-hmm. I get it. I mm-hmm. totally understand, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, investing in the stock market can be scary, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're not taking the appropriate level of risk and, and, and looking at what your overall time horizon is. That's exactly right. Because a lot of times people think, oh, I messed up because mm-hmm. I put it in three months ago and it yeah. hasn't moved much or right. it's gone down. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're putting the money away for 10 years. Yeah, If you don't have a time horizon of five years or greater, you don't yeah. need to have your money invested in the stock no, market. Not at all. And probably a little bit longer, yeah. de- depending on... Uh, the types of investments that you own. Yeah, and your age and risk right. tolerance mm-hmm. and all those sorts of things. Here's another thing about these interest rates going up. It could be a positive thing related to you. So I, I think so. And I think that's uh, one thing that we've we've seen recently, or at least over the last couple of months, mm-hmm. is now that you can buy uh, more secure type instruments that are paying more, more interest. Like treasuries and treasuries, CDs yeah. and that sort of thing. I think we bought some one-year CDs for an individual the other day at 4.5%. Yeah. That, that's yeah. pretty attractive considering that you used to be able to get one-year CDs at 0.4%. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 And, you know, speaking of uh, getting the 4.5% mm-hmm. on that kind of investment, it may means, mean that you can keep your eyes on the long run right. related to your stocks. Mm-hmm. You know, you may not have to have as much over sure. there if you're getting 4.5% for this. Mm-hmm. The other thing is pay off your debts. Right. Before interest rates go any higher. Yep. Right? Mm hmm. If you got credit card out there, you got any kind of floating debt, or you you know you 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 think that you you know you had some money against that home equity loan, right? Let's start getting that trim. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that can come out of this. If you're going to get a decent raise, let's have some specific idea about where you're going to sp- spend that raise. Sure. If these employers are saying that they're not giving us raises of two to five percent, mm-hmm. they're probably giving us raises of five to ten percent. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, a portion of that, I'm mm-hmm. going to pay down this high yeah. interest rate while they're high. Or maybe you increase your savings in your retirement plan. That's exactly a lot of things yeah. that can come out of this that are positives for you. That maybe be practical advice to you from the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the 
the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planters, LLC. Ignite Planters, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated.